0: Welcome to this week's edition of Hockey Unfiltered, the podcast with Ken Campbell. I'm Dylan Waugh, Ken's sidekick. I am the David Cross to Ken's Bob Odenkirk. Welcome to Mr. Show with Ken and Dill. <laughs> Today we're going to be talking about, of course, the Stanley Cup final that just uh, finished and <laughs> some repercussions that might be coming of that and a few other various topics, including the Hall of Fame. So check us out on Twitter at Hockey Unfiltered, Ken underscore Campbell, 27 Dylan Waugh. No good? No, it was excellent. Yeah. Yeah. What have you ever watched Mr. Show? No. No? No. Um you're into sk- sketch comedy. I am. Yeah. So Have you
1: checked out I think you should leave yet?
0: Okay, so I've seen clips of it on Instagram now. Yeah. 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 It's pretty good. It's off the rails. It's off the rails. It really is. Yeah. It is
1: every skit goes off the rails. Every single one.
0: I saw the one where he tried to do like the pay it forward thing at the drive-through. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, 55 burgers. 55
0: <laughs> And then the other woman tries to do it yeah, to him. Yeah. And that, yeah, is, is very, very funny.
1: They all go, like, completely off the rails like that. Every, yeah. Every single one of them. Yeah. And, and it's some of the funniest, weirdest stuff I've ever seen. It's mm.
0: great. Yeah. yeah. Anyways. Yeah. So this other one you're talking about. Mr. Show with... Uh, so you know Bob Odenkirk, of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you know David Cross, Of course. Of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it was them uh doing a sketch show when they were young. Oh jeez. And it that was- has potential. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, it's really funny. I've only, you know, watched a few s- samples here yeah. and there, but yeah. uh yeah, yeah okay. it's uh, quite good. We'll watch one uh before we get going here. Okay. Yeah. So, before we get started, check out kencampbell.subset.com for this podcast directly into your inbox and of course, Ken's excellent writing. And Check us out on Twitter at Hockey No Filter and all that good stuff. But Apple Podcasts. We've, okay. We've got our very slow trickle of reviews. Okay. It's good. Good. And uh yeah, so let's uh let's get going. Let's start off with just a little uh a little Two
1: days after the Stanley Cup final. As Dr. Which Spock Vegas- would
0: say, a little rap sesh. Okay. Is that what How you How you feeling about the? He was like the kind of the, the precursor to like gentle parenting. Oh, like Dr. Oh, okay. Spock was like that. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. From the 60s or something like that. Okay. No yeah. relation to no live uh, long Dabon. and prosper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah. So two days after the cup final, in which Vegas wins their first Stanley Cup, and 12 years to the day since the Boston Bruins caused rioting in the streets in Vancouver by winning the Stanley Cup right. in game seven.
0: Yeah. Yes. So in a word, did you enjoy the final or not as a yes or no? Okay, so but first you said in a word, so I'll say um, opaque. (laughs) Like
1: what? In a word, uh, (laughs) anti-disestablishmentarianism. Like what do you want? Like like, do you want a word or do you want a yes or no no answer? (laughs) You know that the two are not
0: mutually exclusive. (laughs) You know what yes and no are by definition? Words. Words. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All right. Um,
1: I have no other options. I have to say yes or
0: no. Can't say like sorta. Do you want a scale of one to ten? Yeah. Okay. Let's do a scale of one to ten. Which, by the way, we're no longer doing in a word. We're not doing okay, in yeah, a number. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ten in being, a number. Ten being can the be- greatest Stanley Cup final you've ever seen. One being dead puck era. Five to six. Really? Yeah. Andrew Raycroft, the former goalie in the NHL
1: for the Bruins and the Leafs. legend. Yeah. um, (laughs) He tweeted out after the final, is this the worst Stanley Cup final ever? Mm -hmm. And I tweeted back, not even close. Not even close. Yeah. In my mind, yeah, there have been some really bad ones. In my mind, actually, the worst one was 2001 between Colorado and New Jersey. Yeah. It was seven games and it was seven terrible games. Right. Right? Like like it was it was it was made worse by the fact that it went seven games and like 2001 we're talking about the like meat of the dead puck era, right? Right. And, and the two greatest goalies. It was just awful. I thought it was just awful hockey. Yeah. It was just terrible to watch. Um yeah, no, I I put this one on a uh, five or six, I guess. Yeah. I, I didn't think it was super compelling. I mean, it wasn't as competitive as I think anybody would have liked to have seen for reasons that we found out after the series. was that, you know, basically Florida was, Florida was yeah. you know, being held together with ball and twine and tape, you know. Yeah. So, um, um it, it, yeah, I think even if Florida had been 100% healthy and and not had a layoff. Um, Vegas still would have won that series, but it wasn't as competitive as I would have liked if it, you know, the hockey was pretty good. It wasn't, it wasn't bad, but the two, you know, game two and five complete blowouts. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I mean, I just didn't, it just didn't like, I wasn't, let's put it this way. When I was watching game five, I wasn't clamoring for game six. Like, it wasn't like, oh, boy, I hope Florida can pull this out somehow so we can get another one of these games, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, it was okay. It was it was yeah. good. I mean, it was compelling in in as much as, you know, the, the subject matter with Vegas and the way they built their team, and we're going to talk about that, and, you know, all, all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as the hockey was concerned,
0: it was nothing special, in my opinion. So... It's, it's interesting. I actually, I, I really enjoyed the hockey. Mm-hmm. We talked a little bit about this. But w- one thing that I'll say uh, to your point earlier about, um, I'm proud of the fact that we didn't leap at the lazy narrative of layoff or not layoff. Because, of course, in hindsight... Florida, like Florida, Florida, needed that layoff.
1: They needed that ten days, and they were still all busted up,
0: right? You know, and so it would have been so easy to to be like, you know, watch Florida in game one and be like, ah, they weren't ready. Layoff, you know what I mean? As opposed to being like, ah, they were
1: horrifically yeah, yeah.
0: maimed, scarred, and disfigured. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They were basically yeah. the Black Knight saying it's just a flesh wound, right? right? Exactly. Yeah. 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 Um, well, Aaron Eckblad was absolutely that Black Knight. Like his. The list of injuries was extensive. How do we feel about that stuff?
1: How do we feel about knowing that Matthew Kachuk played game four with a broken sternum? I'm not even sure what a broken sternum is. It's in your chest, right? The sternum is what connects all the ribs. Yeah, yeah.
0: and and Down the center of your chest. You know,
1: I mean, Brandon Montour had a torn labrum. He's going to need surgery, probably missed three months. Um, you know, Aaron Eckblad with his laundry list of injuries, you know, everybody, you know, Mark Stone, there's no way Mark Stone was playing healthy, you know, his back, his back was killing him, probably. Yeah. And you know what? I, I, I I don't know what to think about it because, on the one hand, it's what everybody loves about this game, right? Yeah. That, you know, the players will do anything to play. Like, apparently, you know, Matthew Kachuk had to get. Brady Kachuk had to pull him out of bed in the morning. Somebody had to tie his skates. Somebody had to put his clothes on, you know, and then he went out and played and, and you know, and then tried to start a fight with Alex Petrangelo after the game, uh, after the final whistle, which I thought was kind of stupid if yeah. you have a broken sternum. Yeah. Um, anyways, on the one hand, I see it. I see, you know, how this is pretty admirable and 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 it's something that a lot of people admire mm-hmm. in players but it's also the thing that causes a lot of problems a lot so, of problems i mean you know these these injuries you don't just go out and play
0: when you're are in you pain re, are you referring to drug dependency yeah drugs? like
1: in impl- painkillers and, yeah. and 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 the, the, the all the side effects that come with that
0: yeah i think that that's a that's an excellent point there's a way that that uh, is potentially manageable. You mm-hmm. cannot play if you are on X or Y. Yeah. If you require that to be on the ice. Right. I think there's a way that that's, that that's potentially manageable. Um, in terms of the actual injuries themselves... uh as long as it's not head trauma. I've referenced this before, right? Right, right. You know, the only person that that died of too many broken bones was evil Knievel.
1: Yeah, but then you look at Ryan Kessler. I mean, a guy like Ryan Kessler, how many concussions did he have? It wasn't it wasn't head related with him, and he got shot up with Toradol, and now he has to go to the bathroom twenty-five times a day. You know what I mean? Right. Like it's like it's like it's great that we Put a lot of you know that that we admire the qualities of these guys that they'll do anything to go out and win and everything. Yeah, but but what people don't talk about is after their careers, you know, those are the same guys who are are struggling. Right. You know, in a lot of cases, not not even with drug dependency, but just sort of the after effects and the side effects that come with a lot of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I I don't you know what I don't know where I land on it.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, uh, because like everyone else, I really admire the fact that these guys are willing to do anything to win a Stanley cup.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But I also know that, you know, Henri Richard, who wasn't a physical player at all, had CTE stage three CTE when he died. Yeah. You know? So it, it's, that one is like, there's a lot of things that I say in hockey People say it's nuanced and it's complex and you know like fighting. No, it's not. It's not nuanced. It's not complex at all. This one is actually, in in my view.
0: I I agree with you. Um, I like it. I think that I think that the biggest risk is the is the drug dependencies. I think that most injuries can be rehabilitated, and um, yeah you know and given the amount of money that goes into that sort of thing but i think the big risk is the drug dependencies and sending these guys out i mean there was a there was a thing in the in the bob probert story or whatever that just how absolutely terrifying it was to go up against a guy that was like numbed from killers and up on yeah. cocaine and yeah. stuff and just like it's just you're not even a human anymore you know like you're just um, and,
1: and was huge and could fight to start with
0: right yeah 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 yeah, yeah, exactly bob probert might
1: have been the scariest player in nhl history like all all round yeah like could score 30 35 goals yeah could beat anyone up could do like anything like you know i mean so yeah
0: yeah yeah i I wouldn't argue with you that's for sure um well we're getting off on a tangent as we are want to do (laughs) Yeah, that anyways, was like, that, that anyways went, uh, it went from, it went, went from, we liked, quickly.
1: we liked, we liked the. I like hockey. Drugs <laughs> are bad. Stay in school, Stay kids. Stay in school. Um, yeah. So, this okay. is your brain on Adderall. <laughs> so, you were talking about how much you liked the final. I was talking
0: about how much I thought it was me. So, I, here, here's, here's what I liked. It just, Florida had. For the games that they either won or made competitive, which would be, I guess, games one, three, and four. Four. They yeah,
1: w- they went down three nothing, then they made a comeback. Yeah, yeah. And it was it was pretty. For good. the
0: games that they either won or made competitive, there was the thing that I loved so much about watching Florida was that they had the most unfounded, wavering, unwavering belief in themselves. And it made and it made for good hockey mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. think about game one. They're like, ah, oh, yeah, well, we're down like four one. Let's go, boys! Yeah, yeah you know what yeah. I mean. Like they yeah. they have this complete and and that's of course what you that's what you need to bake the NHL in the first place that's what you need to make AAA that's what you need to yeah, make the NHL yeah. that's what you need to get to yeah. your uh, your junior team Yeah, like you, you have, have to be an you idiot. have to keep lying to yourself right you, you have, have to, to be keep an lying to yourself yeah exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and and so they had this completely unwavering faith in themselves and and even to the point where like when that whistle went and granted uh, the the mystery whistle yeah, as yeah, it were yeah, yeah. and uh granted Yes, maybe it did cost them a goal. Maybe Mm -hmm. because they were pressing Mm -hmm. pretty significantly. Mm -hmm. But they were just, they were just like, God, like, it wasn't like that could have cost us a goal. It was like, we were going to score. Yeah. We were going to score and then win in overtime because why wouldn't we score Er, and then win in overtime? Right, right, right. right, right. And so it made for fun hockey. They were, they they never let up on the physicality. They never let up on the, you know? No, there was, uh, this is one of those
1: like, Things where what does Yoda say? There is no try. There is just do, do. or do not. Yeah, do or yeah. do not. This one there was a lot of try and it was pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like there was a lot of try and they did not. But
0: yeah, still. but even that expression is about having a stupid belief in yourself. Right, right. It's about saying I'm yeah, not yeah. going to try to do that because I'm giving myself. An I'm going to do it. I'm, I'm going to do it. it. Yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. you know what? Funny enough, I quote that to my my goalie students. Oh yeah, all the time. I go, "Okay, can we try it like can we do it like this?" And they're like, "Oh, yeah, I'll try." I'm like, "No, no, no. Just do it. And if you fail, fine." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then yeah, we'll yeah. do it again. You know what I mean? Like don't You know what I'm saying? You, you do. You should be like the uh the guy in uh What was that movie
1: about drumming? Drumming with Miles Teller and he was like really hard on him and threw a cymbal at him and everything. everything. I don't I can't I, remember that movie. I, I it was like it was like a huge movie. I can't remember the name. About of it. drumming. Downbeat or something like that. And do you think that I'm the guy that threw a cymbal at a kid? No, but you should be that guy. You should be like waving your stick around and like yelling and screaming at kids and that I'm a nice be. guy. I know, but you should. You oh, should I should. It. I should. You should, be, should do it that way. I
0: should up the the yeah, dickometer, yeah, the, yeah. the dickometer, the dickometer, <laughs> <laughs> dickometer <laughs> by by about forty percent. Sure. Yeah. 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 Uh, anyways, all right. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> okay. I have I have a style. Okay. Yeah, and that style is
1: no style.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that style is uh, is very. Uh, how would I put it? Ecumenical. Okay. Okay. I'm 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 very open to ideas and concepts and okay. and trying things different ways. Yeah, you should try stopping
1: the puck sometime.
0: I did. Just ask my knee. <laughs> First time I stop a puck and it and it hobbles me. <laughs> Holy jeez. Um. All right. Well, we don't have to talk about okay. me because every yeah. time I talk about myself now, I think about that review. It's like, Dylan seems like a great guy, but boy, he drones on about himself. Yeah, he does. (laughs) (laughs) You pegged me. You should should get his phone calls on a Tuesday afternoon.
1: Oh, nice big bruise. Ryerson. Ryerson Leenders,
0: What? I've been playing with Ryerson. (laughs) What do you mean with Ryerson? They needed a goalie. It's... Toronto Metropolitan, Metropolitan University. University. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Whatever.
1: Yeah. There's a kid that plays for um the Mississauga Ice Dogs named Ryerson Leenders. Oh yeah. He was a he was a rookie goalie this year. Started out, had a had a bit of a rough time at the beginning, but then then really actually was quite good at the end of the year. Yeah. So now I call him Toronto Metropolitan Leenders. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's really good. Yeah. <laughs> All right, is there anything more to say on this series or should we get into the teams?
1: <laughs> um, no, no. We there's... seem
0: determined to talk about anything but the series.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I don't I don't wanna I'm not big on rehashing stuff. I'd rather kinda of look forward. You're a moving
0: forward kind of guy. I am like Don Draper I, of I Mad am. Men. No? No. That's kind of like a yeah theme in that show. He was a sociopath. Right. I didn't All right. watch it. So okay. let's talk about the the let's talk about the Vegas Golden Knights. The Let's talk about the Vegas Golden Knights. Yeah, and what? What are what are, what are
1: teams going to to? What What will teams learn from this? What What did we learn from this? And what will teams learn from this? I think is is a int- very intriguing question. Moving forward, how do you build your roster? How do you treat players? How do you approach trades and signings? You know. Yeah. Um and I think the first thing you have to do if you want to win a Stanley Cup is get a octogenarian billionaire to own the team and and uh that puts some urgency on winning right there. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Bill Fo- Bill Foley isn't going to live forever. He's in his 80s. He's not going to live forever. Yeah. And 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 joking aside, I really do believe that that is that was a big part of all of this was that there was this constant pressure, this constant drive to win now, particularly after they had such a good first year and they realized they could, you know, they, they, they could actually win a Stanley cup in that six year window. Um, You know, and you look at year by year by year and, and you know what I'm, I mean, people who have heard me talk about the Golden Knights could probably come back to me and say, yeah, but you were the guy that was saying they were always chasing the shiny new thing. And yeah, I was that guy. I was also the guy who said they, they, they who predicted they, my hot take was that they weren't going to make the playoffs this year.
0: I liked them the whole time. Yeah.
1: So, yeah. Well, good for you. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And so, picked Marchessault so, to be the So Spice again, I, like I, I totally stand corrected on that one. Yeah. I mean, I mean, they are where they are because they were aggressive. They swung for the fences, they were relentless, and they were ruthless. Yeah. All of those things. You know, think about Marc-Andre Fleury, right? Bill Foley, the owner, basically tells him, you're going to be a Vegas Golden Knight for life. Right. You know? And then the guy wins the Con Smythe or not the Con Smythe sorry the wins the Vesna trophy yeah wins the Jennings trophy yeah and they say that nah, you're gone yeah you're gone we're trading you for yeah. for essentially for nothing yeah for a minor league goalie in Chicago yeah so off you go to Chicago to the, one of the worst teams in the league see so ya yeah. yeah you know what they tried to do with Dav uh, was it Davidoff when they tried to try to teal, deal deal him money off off, sorry, off yeah. When he had no trade clause,
0: you know, I mean, they yeah. just—it's well, and they dumped him later,
1: right? Right, and there's just no room for for fall, Stanley fall, Cup fall, winner Shea Weber. No, there's just no room for falling in love with your own players. There's just no room for it, and you know, they're ruthless, they're relentless, they, 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 they they're, they're aggressive, and you know what? Maybe it works in this situation, and maybe it doesn't in others. But my goodness, you've got to really, you know, if you've been sitting there and you're a team that hasn't won in in almost 60 years (laughs) in Toronto and you are faced with, you know, status quo or being bold, like how can you not look at Vegas and say, you know, we really need to make a big move here? Mm-hmm. You know, because they didn't just do it once; they did it like every summer, yeah. every off season. They were either signing for signing or trading for someone that was like huge. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and you know, like I, I was critical of like the, I, I, the shiny new thing, the two guys that that were the shiny new thing were Alex Petrangelo and Jack Eichel.
0: Mark Stone could be... He
1: could have been the shiny new thing, too. Yeah. Patch
0: Reddy was a shiny new thing when they traded Nick Suzuki yeah. for him. Yeah, exactly. They, they've exactly. always done that. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Paul Stassi when they signed him. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So,
1: So. you know, I mean, and those guys, I mean, Petrangelo and Jack Eichel were instrumental. Mm-hmm. I, I still don't think the, the Petrangelo contract's going to age well. He's going to be like 40. He's going to be cares? like 40. You yeah. know, yeah, but by then he'll yeah. be their sixth defenseman and whatever. They got you a know? cup with him, yeah. They got and they won a cup. They can look, they can always look up at that Stanley Cup banner, right, right, yeah. and say, "Yep, we got that." That's got what. That. That's
0: what. That's what's always said. It's always the argument. Sign the bad contract, win the cup soon, and then who cares about the end of the contract? It's always the argument. Almost never works that way.
1: But it's but it's not like sign the bad contract. Like it's like sign the contract Sorry. that won't age well. Right. yes. You know. Like yeah. David Clarkson was a bad contract.
0: Yeah, yeah. From you know, day that one. that
1: wasn't from day one. That wasn't gonna age well and it wasn't gonna be good at the beginning either. So yeah. you know what I mean? Like, but but I, I don't know. To me, you look at the two teams that made the final, mm-hmm. you know, and you go, wait a
0: minute, like Gunslinger, gunslinger. Like, yeah,
1: cowboys, man. Cowboys, yeah. both of them. Yeah. You know? And yeah. I mean, does it Win you popularity contest? Probably not. I mean, you know, like in one of his con- press conferences last summer, Kelly McCrimmon ended this thing and no one had any more questions. And the first thing he said was, hey, uh, does anybody want to talk about all the dysfunction in our organization? You know? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, so, yeah. so like, yeah. like it doesn't win you any popularity contests. but I don't know. They don't put up banners for popularity contests. They put them up for Stanley Cup wins and and yeah i mean it's not a it's not the capriol silver stick it's the nhl and
0: winning matters yeah i mean if if i were running an organization so so two things one uh they're able to be ruthless because they have such a good a good program that people want to be there right no matter how ruthless they are right it's a little bit like uh, certain uh multimedia conglomerates in this country hmm. that keep on canning well beloved people and yet always have a lineup of other people desperate to take their place. Right. And and when they make what was it seventy seven billion in profit or some stupid oh, it's thing. That's crazy. Record yeah. record yeah. breaking. Yeah. 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 So anyways, but it's it's a similar situation is what I'm saying is that if you've got a good enough program while you're here. We're gonna treat you so right while you're here. Yeah. If if I was a GM of any team, is particularly teams that people don't necessarily want to go to, but do have money, i. e., Winnipeg or something like that. Yeah. I I would have honestly. I I, I would have uh, a registered massage therapists following these guys around everywhere they go. Everyone would have every player would have their own massage therapist, athletic therapist. You <laughs> yeah, know, yeah, 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 they yeah. they'd have a posse that I'm paying for. Because that's your that's your cap circumvention essentially, and, and
1: players will go anywhere they think they can win, right? If it's Edmonton, they'll go to Edmonton. If it's Winnipeg, they would go to Winnipeg, right? You know, they go where they, you know, I mean, they go first where the money is. Like that's yeah. that's the two things players care about. It's mm-hmm. two things players care about: money and winning.
0: Yeah, but what? Um, uh, who is it that was speaking uh, on Vegas? who said that their the way that Vegas handled their injury was so good that they might have not considered not playing again. Um, oh wow, yeah. Yeah. It might have been mm. Well, it wasn't Jack Eichel, but we also know how how well Vegas yeah. handled Jack Eichel's injury, yeah. Yeah. right? Maybe uh,
1: it was Mark Stone because he said, I, "I'm going to sit out the entire year and then play in the playoffs and then win a Stanley Cup and never play again." <laughs>
0: <laughs> but I, but my, my point is is that is that the way that uh, teams build can build a, a, an establishment, a culture around players. Yeah, is you know it's it's one it's an edge that you can have. Particularly right. for a have team compared to a have not team. Mm-hmm. Anyways, um, I think that the biggest thing to be learned. We talked about it last week. Is do, do you do you want to know the first line? At five versus five, played fifty two minutes and nine seconds together. Okay. Okay. That was them all three of them on the over, ice together over the course of five games. Eichel, I Marchisol Barbashev. That's only ten minutes a game together. Yeah, I mean you get yeah. breaking apart like you know yeah, what I mean, yeah, yeah, in terms yeah, of yeah. the time yeah, yeah. at five versus five. Yeah. It, do you know what the fourth line was for how much time they played together?
1: Probably more. No. Oh no. Not more. Really? No. Eh? No, no.
0: Thirty-nine minutes and sixteen seconds. Okay. So like uh, thirteen minutes less. Right. Over five games. The bottom line is is we talked about it last last week. Vegas was not allowed, not afraid to pay for their depth. Right. If they if they felt that this guy was good enough, then they weren't just gassing him and going to the. You know, bargain bin. Yeah, and and the thing the thing is is that GMs are so risk averse in in this sport, which I do understand. But I remember when Vegas came into the league and then their first year winning, uh, going to the Stanley Cup final and winning their conference, like they are winning their yeah the conference the Western Conference right. They yep. everything I kept on hearing was like, well, they got it, they got lucky, they you know whatever. And I thought like if you're A G Like all of those guys were exposed to an expansion draft. Everybody that was on Vegas was exposed to an expansion draft. If you're a GM for a team who's willing to make trades and get frisky, what that means is that every single player that was on Vegas was available. (laughs) If you called a GM, if you called, uh, who was the GM in Florida at the time, then Marchessault and Smith were available. Yeah. Right? Yeah. 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 yeah, if you called him, they were available. You could have had those two yeah. players, yeah. probably for not all that much. Well, it, since like you
1: were given away for nothing,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. Marcheso was literally given away yeah, for nothing, yeah. Yeah. right? And yeah. it literally, yeah, not figuratively. <laughs> yeah. So, I, anyways, all I kept on hearing was was teams can't. Uh, teams can't do as Vegas had this edge up and all the rest of it. And all I'm seeing is that players were available and teams didn't get frisky enough to take advantage of all those players that were available. To me,
1: that's, that's one of the laziest narratives out there. Is that mine? Ve- no, no, okay. no. Is that is that Vegas? <laughs> Thanks, Uncle Ken. Is that Vegas was gifted a Stanley Cup by the NHL? I hate that. That's a that's a terrible terrible narrative. I hate that. Um, because you look at that team when they were when they went through the expansion draft, they were nothing special. Yeah. that team was nothing special. It was a decent yeah team, uh, with a really good goalie at the time, and I think one thing that people forget is that. You know, when Vegas came into the league, yeah, they paid their $500 million, right? Yeah. So they get this beauty expansion draft, Pittance which, is, to which is really which is really good. Like, they get this good expansion draft, right? Yeah. So they can build a decent team. But part of the stipulation was that they couldn't pick in the top five in the draft that year. I had forgotten that, That was yeah. 2017. Number one, mm-hmm. Nico Heischer. Right. Number two, Nolan Patrick. Yeah. Number three, Miro Heiskanen. Right. Number four, Kale McCarr. Number five, Elias Pettersson. Right. So if, like that, that that no team has ever picked. No expansion team has ever picked. Aside from '67 when they s- doubled the size of the league, no team has ever picked lower than fifth. Right. Right. And most of them pick in the top two. Yeah. In the top one or two. Right. Yeah. So if Vegas had been given that that advantage. They could have, they there's a good chance they could have gotten one of Nico Hisho, Miro Heiskin, and Kale McCarr or Elias Pedersen,
0: right? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah,
1: think about that.
0: Yeah, exactly, you know, exactly. Yeah. yeah, so, anyways, yeah. Uh, before we move on to a couple of specific players on Vegas that we want to talk about, I just had to say Jack Eichel. The fact that I have not yet seen a meme of him like the most interesting man in the world. Like, I do not always go to the playoffs, but when I do, I usually win Stanley Cups. (laughs) Yeah,
1: yeah. hasn't lost a playoff series in his career.
0: Hasn't lost a playoff series in his career. I hate cherry-picked stats because I saw Aiden Hill has the best save percentage for goalies starting a minimum of 15 playoff games. Okay. Okay. Well what about 16? What about 14? Yeah, you yeah, said yeah. it at 15 because yeah, that yeah. proves your narrative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. so come on, yeah. I hate stuff like that. Okay. Uh Barbashev this what a- year, what do you what do you think happens to him? He's a UFA. Uh what do you think this this story is there? He certainly well he played on the top line.
1: Yeah, well but he's not a top line player, right? Chandler Stevenson. He played was on the no- top line, so he's Cha-
0: literally a Ch- top-line player. Chandler
1: Stevenson was their number one center until Jack Eichel got there, right? So Literally a number literally, one center. Literally. <laughs> yeah. um, but, you know, a guy, what is he, 27? He's turned 27. Yeah. Um, had some very decent production
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, with that top line. Uh, might be a candidate to get a little overpaid as a UFA. Yeah. I mean... Maybe if I'm Ivan Barbashev, I go. Okay, what hometown dis- discount do I have to take to stay here?
0: I would totally. Agree. Yeah, yeah, I would totally like, agree. Yeah, I said that about Aiden Hill last week. Where, well, w- well, we'll move on to him. Yeah, yeah, I, I totally agree. I think you know. What do wh- what do you what do you, th- what do you think he'd be worth on open market? What do you think he'd be worth in Vegas? I think Vegas would go four or five, by three years. Three years times four. Four point five. Four point five. Yeah,
1: yeah. That that would be that would be pretty good.
0: Yeah. And I think that's a deal that's not bad for both of them. Barbashev, who's been a middle six guy his whole career, is all of a sudden the top flight guy in Vegas. But I
1: also I also think that you know I mean he has you know I mean let's face it he's made enough money to set himself up for life, but he hasn't made big money yet, right? So you're you're talking about four five. Well, that's double what he makes now. Yeah. Right. Yeah. To stay in Vegas. So, I would not blame Ivan Barbashev for going, you know, oh, I got to see what's out there.
0: If I was you know? Ivan Barbashev, though, I'd be saying, what did Natushkin make last year? Which is 5.45 or something along those yeah, lines. Yeah, And yeah. that's what I should be getting. Right, right. I promise not to ha- talk about a hotel room. <laughs> <laughs> No, but I mean it's it's comparable. Mm-hmm. A guy that was a career middle six guy that showed what he can do in the playoffs and then uh is going for a payday.
1: Yeah, but is relatively expendable, I think. Like yeah. I, I mean, on that team. I mean, good player really helped. Yeah. If you can hang on to him, great. If you can't, don't overpay
0: him. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. 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 I uh I mean, this is the thing is that we were just talking about Vegas' ruthlessness. And so, you know, it like that's the secret sauce. The secret sauce is not that we need Barbashev in the lineup. The secret sauce is that we can get another Barbashev. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I agree with you. Uh, Vegas has two goalies that are UFAs, Aiden Hill and Laurent Bossois. Three of them. Jonathan Quick. Well, okay. <laughs> two of them that actually played a game in the playoffs.
1: Well, and one of them that backed up the entire time.
0: Not even the entire time. No.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's
0: right, because it was all messed up don't, there for a don't while. Don't try to unravel yeah, yeah, the yeah, goalies yeah, of Vegas, yeah, yeah, Ken. Yeah, yeah, We've okay, already tried yeah, that yeah, and, it's, yeah. and it's and it's we failed at it every time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, no, Jonathan Quick, yes. Um, but like, you know, in terms of goalies that started and played a significant amount of minutes, uh uh Laurent Bossois and Aiden Hill are both UFAs. What do you think happens with Aiden Hill first and foremost? I think uh
1: that's a candidate to get overpaid.
0: That's a huge candidate to get overpaid. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah.
1: If I'm Vegas, if I'm Vegas, I'm like, okay, well, we really like you guys, and you, and like, I mean, it goes back to the ruthlessness. I I would have no problem letting Aiden Hill walk if I were if I were the Vegas Golden Knights and running it back with Logan Thompson next year as my number one goalie. Yeah, I'd have
0: zero problem doing that. Zero. My mom's favorite sales uh thing that she always references is that she was car shopping and went to the first dealership and the guy said to my first dealership she said, and she says yes and he said okay uh go shopping come back to me with whatever the best number is you received and I'll beat it okay if I were Vegas I'd say to Aiden Hill I'd say you go shopping do whatever you want tell us what you got on the table and if and when they hear it then they probably just say well godspeed
1: see, see I wouldn't I would say here's our number here's our number yeah you know this much over this many years, yeah, you know, and d- d- like,
0: I hear, I hear. Aiden what you're Hill saying. and
1: Darcy Kemper are the last two goalies to win Stanley Cups, uh,
0: and this is and this is like if if if, right. if
1: if if that doesn't tell you all you need to know, yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, Aiden Hill was what the fourth goalie on their depth chart, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, if yeah. you count Leonard as one, yeah, right, yeah, yeah. If you yeah. count Leonard as one, he might be five,
1: because you've got Leonard, uh, Leonard, Thompson, yeah, um, Thompson. Brassois, who, by the way, was like a Brassois, Calder candidate this Brassois, year,
0: Yeah, and maybe Quick, maybe. Well, they didn't start Quick over yeah, over Yeah, Hill yeah. but
1: so this. yeah, so he's he's probably solidly at four yeah yeah you know
0: yeah so yeah i it's it's six of one what we're saying i mean the bottom line is that he's worth what he's worth and and i think that i think that teams should be wary about paying a goalie just because they're a stanley cup winning goalie oh god yeah absolutely be wary of it you know and, and, uh, and
1: I think the Vegas Golden Knights could go back and to Aiden they Hill and say... be very weary
0: of paying Stanley Cup goalies. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I think they can, go, they can go back to Aiden Hill and say, look, um, it's great that you did all this, but you're not doing this behind probably 25 teams in this league. Yeah. We're one of those teams that you can have this kind of success with. Yeah. And, you know, and being, again, relentless and ruthless... Mm-hmm. Dude, you're interchangeable. So, dude, the, you are interchangeable. The one thing that I gotta say to that, I'm. I, every, I'm, not, goalie I'm not disagreeing, de- every goalie makes every goalie makes 10, back a 10 bit. bell saves
0: every once in a while. I hear every you. Everyone, I know. I, I <laughs> even mm-hmm. I do. <laughs> no, but <laughs> let I, me know when that happens. Yeah, I will. Yeah, it, it'll okay. be. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it'll be a whole story. Um, yeah. Listen, I'm not disagreeing with you. But there were several points where this in this playoffs where Aiden Hill was relied upon, whereas whenever but Darcy that's, Kemper that's, was that, relied but upon, that's,
1: that's the that's the job description of a goalie. Okay, that's the job description of a goalie. If you
0: were voting, if you are voting for the Con Smythe, I would have given it to Jack Eichel. No, no, I'm not. Okay, that's not the question. The question, is oh, okay. if, you were, if you were voting for the Con Smythe, I would have given it to Jack Eichel. <laughs> If you were voting for the Con Smythe, <laughs> not going to say it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and obviously, I know that there's only three on the ballot, right? Yeah. But if the ballot was indefinite, where would Aiden Hill be on that ballot?
1: Well, it would be Eichel, Marchessault, so maybe three, maybe three.
0: That's pretty good. That's good. That's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. That that tells if you're now if you're voting for the Con Smythe last year. Where would Darcy Kemper be on that on your ballot? Seventeenth? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't yeah. think that I can count that on. Yeah, yeah. I'd have to take off my socks and start with my toes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So this is the point that I'm trying to make. That being said, I do agree. Aiden Hill is a league average to slightly above league average goalie. I love watching goalies get their chance. Yeah. Part of the reason why I've loved watching Montembeau in Montreal. I like this Aiden Hill story. I like Laurent Bossois. Um I like watching goalies get their chance. So, yeah. Anyways, Aiden Hill. So, this is the good segue, though, into the next subject. Right. Because if I were a team looking for a goalie, I'd be contacting Laurent Brossois. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Because as far as I'm concerned, he did almost, he basically did most of what Aiden Hill did. I'd have concerns
1: over his ability to stay healthy for a long period of time because that's been an issue with him. It's not like you're going to give him five mil. But it doesn't matter if you're gonna if you're gonna rely on him, you want him to be healthy,
0: you know. Who says you're gonna rely on him?
1: Well, the way they relied on Aiden Hill,
0: the way that the way that Vegas just relied on Aiden Hill. What I'm saying is that if you're a team looking to tandem goaltenders, Aiden mm-hmm. Hill is going to get overpaid. There's no two mm-hmm. ways about it, right? Mm-hmm. Like I, I, Aiden Hill, I'm going to guess is a five million dollar goalie, July first. If that happens, that will be absolutely. Egregious. Laurent Brossois. My guess is a million and a half dollar goalie. Maybe two. That's okay. Right. And That's so what okay. I'm yeah. saying is that if I, I, if you're if, hedging if your you're bets, giving, if you're, a if team you're giving hedging me your the bets, choice of getting Aiden Hill at
1: even three million dollars and Laurent Brassois at one point five, give me Brossois. I take Hill at three. I take. I give take take Bressois hundred days out
0: of a hundred. I would take Hill at three, but um, yeah, okay. But yeah, I don't think that he's going to settle for three. Oh God! Really? Unless he's in Vegas. Yeah.
1: Unless that that Vegas. will be the overpay to end all
0: overpays. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. And so, anyways, my point is is that if you're if you're looking for that league average goalie that can sit in your system and you know what I mean, it's kind of look these goalies. You know who they are. You know what the analogy is they're the Charlie Watts of goalies. Okay. Right. Yeah. Not the flashiest drummer in the world, but he sat in the pocket and held the Rolling Stones together. Right. Right. Okay. This is what this is what the analogy is. Okay. Nobody wants to put John Bonham on the Rolling Stones, but at the same time you don't want to put Ringo Starr there either. <laughs> One time
1: somebody asked John Lennon if Ringo Starr it was the was best, the best, best, goalie, the best, best drummer, drummer in the world. world. And he said he's not even the best, best drummer, drummer in the Beatles. Be-
0: yeah. Yes. <laughs> he's not even the best drummer in the Beatles. <laughs> Guy was a prick. <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> <laughs> if I'm Rango Star sitting there going, dude, like what
0: the hell? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But the girls like me because I'm considered nice and approachable. He was he was the big heartthrob of the of, of the Beatles. Ringo pa- Star was Paul was not? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think I think there's anyways, there's an approachability to it.
1: Hey, everybody, light the lamp during the hockey playoffs with DraftKings Sportsbook. New customers can make a $5 bet and score $200 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code THPN. That's code THPN only at DraftKings
0: Sportsbook. All right, so let's just move on to, to Vegas, uh, Florida very quickly, uh, and then we'll get on to our other topics as sure. Florida Panthers, uh, they're only real... Free agent upcoming is Radical Gudis. Um I don't know. I don't know if they what what do you think they do with him? You think they let him walk? Do you think they pay him? Oh, wow. That's a vexing one. It is.
1: Yeah. It is. I like the way he plays. I, I would love the li- way he plays. I, well, I, I like I would like to not have to play against him. <laughs> but yeah. he's thirty three. Yeah. Mark my words. Yeah. I don't know when the when the fall off is going to happen. Yeah. But when it does, it won't be gradual. Yeah. You know, it won't be. Yeah, yeah. He'll wake up like and I'm I I mean, I'm I'm exaggerating, but he will wake up one day and he won't be able to play anymore. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like yeah. and he won't even be able to explain why. Like yeah. he'll just wake up one day and he'll be a terrible defensive liability of a player.
0: Yeah. And You just have to worry about when that's going to happen. So Vegas got a lot of value in their depth defense.
1: They got more value out of that defense than I would argue maybe any team has in the history of the game. Right. Uh, In terms of getting value out of your defense.
0: Yeah. I would say that Gudis is one of those kind of signings that you need in terms of he's... Never made a ton in his career and he's always provided excellent value. Yeah, what's he at
1: 275? What's he at 275 right now? I believe.
0: I will tell you right now, he is at uh two two
1: five. Two two five. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah that's that's pretty favorable.
0: Yeah. Where are you getting that at two two five? So, I mean, I roll the dice on that, even if it, it, it takes a three-year contract and you're worried that years two and well, three are bad. that's the thing. It's going to be term more than money here. Yeah. Like, you
1: know, if you could get him on a two-year deal, great. Yeah. But if he wants a four- or five-year deal, then you've got to be concerned. And you've got to get the AAV down if he's going to want, you know, if he's going to want longer uh, a longer period of time. Something buyoutable. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I mean, I hear you. I don't, I don't know if he stays with Florida. I think that an interesting thing that will, an interesting question that will be answered in this off season, and of course, it'll, will probably be discussed at nauseum in our offseason content, is does Florida consider themselves a legitimate Stanley Cup contender going into next season?
1: Well, that's the thing, right? Yeah, because
0: do you consider them
1: that? I don't know. Like, I mean. They probably, they probably um, got a little hosed last year in the playoffs, and they, the good karma, came this year in the playoffs. So, right. like, like I said a couple of weeks ago, what are the Florida Panthers? So,
0: what's the average what between are the they? two of them?
1: What are they? What are the Florida Panthers? Are they a, a President's Cup winning team, President's Trophy winning team that is on the cusp of winning a Stanley Cup? Or are they what they've been the last two years, which is a dog's breakfast, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah, well, so answering, in answering that question of what do the Florida Panthers think they are, my thought is I wonder if after these playoffs if Bobrovsky is movable.
1: Well, if I'm another team in the NHL... And I look at the fact that, as I said, Aiden Hill and Darcy Kemper are the last two goalies to win the Stanley Cup. Mm -hmm. There is no way in hell I am taking on a $10 million contract or part of a $10 million contract. There's just no way. No chance. No way. I would would stay away from getting Sergei
0: Bobrovsky as far away from it as I could if I were GM. So let me... Let me phrase this a different way because there's because um, the way that those teams were built, Vegas and Colorado, Cup winning Colorado specifically, they're built a certain way. The way that Tampa was built, yep, was a different way. The way that Pittsburgh was built before that, but they all have one thing in common. They all have
1: one or two studs on the blue line, yeah, and they have strength down the
0: middle. Correct. Almost all of them. Correct. Yeah. So but so if you are today's Colorado Avalanche and you've got, let's say, uh you've got Landis Gog, who is out for the season, right? That's seven and a half million bucks off your books. Right. Do you consider taking a chance on Bobrovsky, bring Landis Gog in on the playoffs and you know that your depth is has been diminished. And Tampa, I think, largely won their second cup with that diminished depth due to the stellar play of Andre Vasilevsky, right? Mm-hmm. You know that your depth has been diminished and you know that a goalie can compensate for some loss of depth. Not all loss of depth. The the thing that I think about with, with the goaltending is that you can't have a bad defense bring in a good goalie and expect to and expect to fix that.
1: No, and the thing that you always say is just because you paid the guy ten million dollars doesn't mean he's a ten million dollar player. Right. Right. Exactly.
0: Right? Exactly. Yeah. But but if you bring in the if you if the way that a goalie fixes depth is the fact that like we saw even with Aiden Hill, for those two, three minutes that you can't control the game, your goalie can keep you in it. Right. They can't keep you in it for sixty. No. Right? Yeah, yeah. Unless you're You know, on an absolute heater like, you know, like Bobrovsky was at times throughout these Mm -hmm. playoffs, Mm -hmm. right? Um, But, you know, those two, three minutes that you've got the poor depth coming out, that goalie can potentially keep you in it. So that's what I wonder is it a team like Colorado that's turning around and saying, we're very close, but I don't know that we're the slam dunk Stanley Cup contenders that we were two years ago? When we won with Darcy Kemper. Right. And way more depth. Wow. Okay. That's what I'm saying. Right. Just my thought. Welcome. Thank you for coming to my TED talk. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. You're welcome. I, yeah. I, um, you were the only inter- one that showed up.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I got free tickets. <laughs> um, you lost a bet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, it's interesting. Um, I don't, I don't believe that, like, I think that devoting that much cap space to, just about any goalie in the NHL is is really ill-advised. Yeah. It, you know what? If if Sergei Bobrovsky had one year left on his deal at $10 million,
0: mm-hmm. yeah, maybe. He's got two more after this year. Yeah, with one more, you go, ah, do I just kind of go for it and yeah, yeah. push the yeah. chips in yeah. or whatever? And yeah. You,
1: and you still got to pay Bowen Byram, and then you're going to have to re-sign Devin Taves and... You know, you've got some you've got some guys that that are coming up in the next couple of years that you're going to have to pay, and that's going to take up a lot of space. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, I mean, it, ideally on a one year deal, it would be a perfect scenario. Mm-hmm. Bring him in, keep Landis Gog on ILTIR for the whole year. Bring him in in the playoffs. Uh, you know, magically he he you know he gets uh, you know. Has the Mark Stone, uh, Nikita Kucherov uh, miracle recovery? Yeah, and he comes back for the playoffs, and then you've got then you've got this guy, right? Yeah. So yeah, but if it were one year, I'd
0: say yes, but three years, no chance. I know, I know that idea. this is not going to happen. I know it, but I just have to say it because it pisses me off. Just go to a soft cap. Just go to the soft cap. Like it, like the amount of shenanigans and bending over backwards and and lies. The lies, can. Just go to the soft cap. They don't care. The NHL doesn't care. I know that they don't care. It
1: doesn't matter. Like, it doesn't matter to them.
0: Look, it doesn't bother me that teams are doing this. What bothers me, what bothers me is that if there was a soft cap situation, then these players that have been ltir and then magically back during the playoffs. If there was a soft cap situation, then we as the spectator would potentially have more chance to see those players playing. Well, I think that
1: uh, one fix for this, and this is Ken Holland's idea, um, is that in the playoffs, the 6-12, 6-12 and 2, the 20 players that you dress in the playoffs how, that that roster has to be cap compliant yeah so those 18 guys like so you don't so you could still be over the cap because you got a roster of 23 or whatever yeah, right yeah. Uh, or whatever in the playoffs as many as you want yeah. um, you're still over the cap technically but the the 20 players who dress their cap hits cannot exceed the cannot exceed the salary
0: cap. Which makes perfect sense. To I, th- me.
1: I think I think that's that's a great that's a really good compromise to this whole situation. I agree. You know, and then you do bring, you know, so you do bring Nikita Kucherov or you do bring Mark Stone into the mix. Um, I, I, you know, it'd be interesting. I'm gonna I'm gonna check. I haven't even thought about it. But what what was Vegas's cap hit on the on the guys that were in the lineup? Yeah, I'm not sure. I I'm mean, not sure I, I'm not sure what it was. But yeah, but it it will be interesting to
0: see what that would have been. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So, um, should we talk about Hall of Fame and then story time with Uncle Ken and then get out of here? Do we have anything else?
1: Nothing else. Yeah. Okay. That's Hall of the list. Fame.
0: Okay. Well, next week the uh, you know
1: the incredibly transparent uh, hockey Hall of Fame selection committee uh, of eighteen people will get together for one afternoon and decide the legacies of people who have devoted their entire lives to the game. Is that passive aggressive enough? Do you think? Are. No. No, I okay. All right. Uh yeah, so I think it's I think it's worthy to talk about, you know, possibilities of of people who are who are going to be enshrined and and that kind of thing because, you know, it's next week and it's a big deal for me. I'm I'm a big Hall of Fame guy. I I don't in that you hate it. No, I love the Hall of Fame. No, I mean the the whole thing. I I I think the selection the selection process is ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, eighteen people. Yeah, and and they literally get together for an afternoon,
0: for a it day. There should be a fan vote so that we can get John Scott into the Hall of Fame.
1: There could be a fan element too. At the NBA, I believe the NBA has a fan like it's part of. Yeah, like it's weighted, and and yeah. part of it is fans. Sure. And I I don't have a problem with that. Yeah. But like, are you kidding me? Yeah. Anyways, uh, yeah. So that that's gonna happen next week. So let's talk about Hall of Fame. Let's talk about Hall of Fame. It's interesting because I think this year is an interesting year because of the people of the guys who are are eligible first, you know, first try, first uh, first ballot, as they call it. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's really only like one that stands out, and that's Henrik Lundqvist. Um, was he any good? Eh, he was good, but it's but it's interesting, you know, yeah. because there's two other guys who are who are eligible. Uh, well, there's a lot of other guys who are eligible, but two other guys that are eligible. One of them is Corey Crawford, and the other is Justin Williams. Hmm. Okay? So it's interesting that, you know, everybody sees Henrik Lundqvist as the slam-dunk Hall of Fame guy. Right. Didn't win a goddamn thing in the NHL in his Corey career, Crawford, right? Corey Crawford, two cups. Corey Crawford, cups, or at least one cup.
0: Two. Two? Anthony Emi was the early cup, and then Crawford was the other two.
1: Yeah. OK. Yeah. Uh, and Justin Williams, who might have been the most clutch player in NHL history. Yeah. You know, um. so it's it's interesting that, you know, really, like everybody's like, OK, Henrik Lundqvist, you know, slam dunk and these other guys like probably not, you mm-hmm. know. But so I, I find that interesting. Yeah. Um. But what but what I also find interesting is that, OK, so you've got the one guy that's going in that gives you three spots so you can do some makeup here. You know, right. you can make up for past, you know, so now do you look clo- more closely at the Rod Brindamores and the, you know, and, and the Tom Barassos and the, you know, all those guys, right? Mm-hmm. And there's a guy by the name of Paul Paduti, who is um, doing some really interesting stuff on on the Daily Face Faceoff um, uh, website. He's, a, he's a, a, an accountant in Sudbury. Shout out! He actually worked with my brother-in-law Wayne McDonald at the same firm in Sudbury, and he's doing some really interesting number-based stuff on Hall of Fame guys, right? And um, analytically, yeah, like yeah, analytic stuff, yeah, yeah, like yeah, really. You're
0: smiling and getting excited and nodding. It's
1: actually really cool stuff. And he made he recently made the case that the most egregious Hall of Fame omission right now. Like, the most egregious by far is Alexander McGilney. And, I could see that argument. Oh, I can totally see that argument. Yeah. He, he should be in. Yeah. You know, there's no question. Yeah. So, do you look at... I, I just get a feeling that there's this swell of support for a guy like Alexander McGilney. Yeah. Maybe Rod Brindamore.
0: But it's also, you know? it's also helpful that Leafs fans of my generation that grew up watching and falling in love with Alexander McGilney, we're now middle-aged. We're now the adults, and we now have a voice, Yeah, right? So, you know, much like, you know, movies that we grew up with are now considered classic movies and, you know, similarly, right? So uh, that leads as well a lot to the groundswell.
1: Well, well, yeah, but I mean... Also, you know, scoring 76 goals in one season for the Doesn't Buffalo hurt. Sabres. One's one, you know, being yeah. 43 in New Jersey, winning the cup. Um, you know, I mean, that it's not just the Toronto thing. He had 127 points in 1992-93. So um, the one thing I will say about McGillney when it comes to Toronto is, I don't know if I've ever told you, but I used to work for the Star. I Who? Cover, I, covered, I covered the Leafs for the Star. For the oh, okay, star, yeah. Canada's biggest newspaper. Um, oh,
0: that Star.
1: Yeah, anyways, yeah. anyways I, I was covering the beat when McGilney signed in 2001, in the summer of 2001. Yeah. And I have never seen a bigger chasm between public perception and what the guy actually was like mm-hmm. than Alexander McGilney. Really? Yeah. Like... Before he got here, heard he was like a brooding, solid guy, played when he felt like it, you know, whatever, didn't care, blah, blah, blah. The four years he was here, or the three three and change years he was here, or whatever, or was it two and change? I can't remember. Anyways, he was the opposite of all of those things. Great guy, funny, great to talk to, good in the room, played his ass off, you know, was a leader. Everything that we had that we had all heard that were terrible things about this guy, they all turned out to be
0: BS. It sounds like, to be honest, it just sounds like the classic <clears throat> 1990s xenophobic attitude towards virtually anybody. It from- might,
1: it might have been, yeah. I mean, you know, and but, but I mean, he, he, the Vancouver days were not,
0: not the best, not the best, yeah. But Vancouver, yeah,
1: <laughs> it's also yeah. not the best. But at times. but anyways, so yeah, so like I mean, that's that's interesting. Notoriously
0: so, kind to their team and players and management, yes, Vancouver. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh, so you have that. You have those. You have guys like that. You have, um, you know, on the women's side, I guess you know you've got Carolyn Willette was not not uh, inducted last year when she was eligible. You know, there seems to be a bit of support for. Um, Jennifer Botterall on the women's side. So that'll okay, be interesting. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I mean I, I think it's a it's a it'll be an interesting class this year because it might not it might be one of those ones where um, you know, they they sort of make up for a few of the rather glaring omissions in my opinion. Yeah. Um, but you know, you look and like like I'm sorry, Paul Henderson. No, 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 no.
0: But he wanted um, it. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. He even said himself that he didn't have a Hall of Fame career. Yeah, I don't think he he cares. I don't think
0: he has a problem with not being in the Hall of Fame. Um. Yeah, I was just about to say something, and it okay. wasn't about Paul Henderson. Okay, it was about the Hall of Fame. Though. Well, if
1: you if you're if you're gonna put Paul Henderson in, on, and I'm willing to have that, uh, like I've said, I'm willing to have that discussion. Yeah, if you want to put Paul Henderson in, if you're gonna do that, then. Robert Reichel. You know who the biggest... Robert Reichel. He scored one of the yeah. biggest goals in the history of the Czech Republic yeah. in a shootout, and he had a way better career yeah. than Paul Henderson. Peter Svoboda scored the only goal in the one nothing game in 1998 Olympics right. to beat Russia. Yeah. I mean, and he had, a, he had a, a really good, solid career. Yeah. Better than, you know, I mean... You wanna talk about Paul Henderson going in? I've got all the time for that. But you wanna talk about that? Then you then we're gonna talk about, you know, Robert Reichel, Peter Swoboda, Micah Rizzioni, Jim Craig, uh, Bill Christian, Bill Cleary, right. yeah. you know, guys, you know, that, that came up in big moments as well. Mm-hmm. And don't have Hall of Fame credentials, then yeah. we got
0: to talk about those guys too. We have to open up those floodgates. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I think that to me, uh, the biggest wrong that I think is it should be righted this year is uh, I think that they need to come up with another category so that Gary Bettman can get into the Hall of Fame again. Again. Yeah. Again. Yeah. Like the first so dual
1: represent. Well, yeah. they can put they put him in as a builder. They should just put him in as a player.
0: Well, Just, just put him in as a, a player. I, I think that you can make up another one. Uh, maybe we can have an expander category. Maybe we can C- have a sunbelt. De- CTE denier a category. CTE denier
1: category. <laughs> <laughs> Hall of Fame of CTE den- d- d- deniers. <laughs> That's really good. <laughs> yeah. Phil Castle sat out every playoff game, right? Correct. How many did they play? uh 20
0: 21
1: 20 yeah yeah so now he's like going for the healthy scratch iron
0: man streak so (laughs) that's very funny there was uh there's a guy on instagram who goes by the handle coach chippy and uh yeah and he does these little stupid skits and and uh anyways he does this one where kessel calls up crosby and says, you know, like, uh, hey, hey, Sid, hey, Sid, I just got a uh, got another cup, and uh, I like, I got a question for you. Why did you make me work so hard for the first two? <laughs> why did I? Why did I? This is easy. That's not bad. You mean to tell me I could have just that's not done bad. nothing and gotten a Stanley
1: Cup? I thought it was pretty funny the way he was throwing shade around after, though i thought that was pretty good Where i said oh yeah well you know it takes me back to my toronto days and you oh, guys yeah, never yeah. thought i'd win a cup and now i have three of them yeah. you know yeah and and yeah but you weren't ne- you were never going to win a cup in toronto no because you were never going to win a cup as the heartbeat of the team you know what i mean like he yeah. won his cu- he won his cups in Pittsburgh because he was in a secondary role and he excelled in that secondary role. Yeah. Yeah. Like the guy should have won the con Smythe. Right. I, I yeah, think. that's exactly what I think. I think about he should have won the yeah. Conn Smythe. Um, I also think that, you know, you now you look at it, he's got the he's got the Iron Man streak, he's got the two cups, three cups. I mean, yeah, you know, he played sixty games this year. Yeah. Whatever. No, he played all yeah, he what am I talking about? He played all 82 this games yeah,
0: yeah. this
1: year. Yeah. Um I think he's a Hall of Famer.
0: I I uh I think that it's hard to disagree with him yeah. being a Hall of Famer. Yeah. Um uh, yeah. I mean, that being said, you know, I mean big asterisks behind the last cup. Like oh, I'm yeah. not trying to, you know, I, yeah. I'm not trying to throw shade. I, I you know the thing was is that it was nice seeing Kessel and and Quick hoist cups again. But I
1: mean Denny Savard was a healthy scratch when Montreal won the cup, right? Right. And he's yeah. in the Hall of Fame, but it's Danny Savard. I get it. It's yeah. a little bit different. Yeah. yeah,
0: but you know, anyways. But the point is, is that it's with with Kessel and uh, Quick hoisting cups. It felt right in the sense that it these didn't are... feel
1: it didn't feel right to me that that Quick took the cup before, before Aiden, Aiden Hill. Hill.
0: Yeah, that was weird. I, I didn't
1: like that at all. I didn't like I didn't I like totally that agree. at all. Like totally at agree. all. Um, I thought that I thought that you know a guy like Quick would be like. Yeah, I'll just wait. I'll just wait here. I've done this twice I, before. Yeah, I've done this twice before. I've I've had my moment. Yeah. You know, I was a bit player here. I came in at the trade deadline, blah, blah, blah. Like, Aiden Hill should have been lifting that cup up way before Jonathan Quick.
0: Bit player is generous. There were times where he wasn't even the second goalie on yeah. the depth chart. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, yeah. I, 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 nailed,
1: I, I nailed the first cup pass. I said it was going to be Riley Smith, yeah. and I, I thought what they were going to do was they were going to go through the Misfits, which yeah. they did, yeah, which was great.
0: I thought it was going to be March or so and then go through the Misfits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just because he was I a think Con Smythe if, winner. I,
1: well, I think if he hadn't won the Con Smythe, that might have been him, you know. But he had already had his moment, and yeah. he said something to Jack Eichel right after they mentioned his name, and I'm wondering if he said something like, "Yeah, that you should have won this" or something. I don't know. Yeah. I, I mean, I I don't have a problem with so winning it, particularly since I don't think Jack Eichel scored a goal in the final two rounds. Yeah. But I just felt like so was scoring the goals, mm-hmm. but Eichel was Eichel was driving play. Eichel I mean, was driving he was
0: driving play. I'm not I'm I'm not disputing that, but you could say the exact same thing with different emphasis and <laughs> and it would sound completely different. Yeah, but Eichel was driving play, but Marcheseau was scoring the goals. Right.
1: And you know what? Again, it kind of contradicts what I say is that goals should be worth more than assists. I've yeah. always said that. I've always thought that goals should be worth two points and assists worth one.
0: But last you know? last week, last week we talked about our con Smythe picks. And one of us picked Marcheseau. And, uh, and one of us picked Eichel. <laughs> yeah. I'm saying that to be funny. Uh, And it never works out for me. Right. But because you're not funny. I know. I'm well aware. (laughs) But the bottom line, I think, with both of our picks was that when you said Eichel, I went, yeah. 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 Like like they weren't there were no wrong answers to Eichel or Marcheseau. Or Hill. I wouldn't have had a problem with Hill winning it. I wouldn't have had a problem with Hill. Yeah. I wouldn't have had a problem with Hill, Stone, Marcheseau, Eichel, or Petrangelo. Any one of those five uh, yeah. winning it, yeah, yeah. You I know. would have just said, yeah. yeah, yeah. There's no, there's no great controversy, right? Even the year that Kessel should have gotten it, who who got it that year? Crosby, Crosby got it. That's Crosby. right. Yeah. Do you really have a problem with Crosby getting it?
1: Well, it's just or do you, you know, just think Crosby's that Kessel guy, should have been. Well, it's just to me. I mean, it's like we're talking like when it's like that, and you're talking about a guy's legacy. You know, like I guess to me, it's like it's like you know, like if if Phil Kessel. Gets the con Smythe Trophy in twenty? What was it seventeen or
0: sixteen? I think it was seventeen. Seventeen. It'd be funny if he, if got he this gets it. Smythe, if he gets it, yeah.
1: If he gets it, I mean that that makes him a that makes him a lock for the Hall of Fame. Now he's now he's kind of like you know a bubble guy. Yeah. So I mean, when you're talking about people's legacies, and especially you know, I mean. Does Sid Crosby really need another trophy? <laughs> like I mean it's great, <laughs> but I really do believe that Phil Kessel was was the MVP of that team so, uh, in the playoffs. So yeah. Fair enough. Yeah.
0: Come one, come all to another edition of Storytime with Uncle Ken. Today's story features the wit and witticisms of Jim McKenney. So grab a cup of mocha and sit in your comfy chair, fetch your pipe and slippers. Relax and hear the soothing tones of Ken Campbell talking about Jim McKenney. Uh, I don't know if
1: people who are listening know who Jim McKenney is, but he was a long, long-time defenseman for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Actually gave, gave Borea Salming his nickname, King, hmm. um, and, and was actually quite close with Borea. Um, and uh, he was a character. All kinds of talent, like hugely talented defenseman. Uh, You know, applying himself maybe was an issue at times. Um, Struggled with alcohol, you know, uh, uh, has been sober for decades now. Um, You know, became a, a sportscaster in Toronto. Very popular guy. Really good guy. Funny guy. Like really great stories and everything. And I don't think you'll mind me telling this one, but before I do tell it, I am going to use a word in it that is completely and utterly inappropriate in this day and age, but it's germane to the story so I kind of have to use it. Okay? I don't I you know, so let's 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 put the story into context that it happened in like 1974. <laughs> you know? I mean, so McKenney's plan For the Leafs. And he's actually having some pretty good seasons uh, at that point in his career. You know, he's, like, putting up 50 points, 35 points, 40 points. Um, And Red Kelly was the coach of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Mm -hmm. Red Kelly, the Hall of Famer, the, you know, the the pyramid power guy, everything, like, he's just, you know. So, anyways, Jim McKenney's kid shows up at practice one day. Kid's, like, 10 years old, 8, 10 years old at the time. Shows up at practice one day. And after practice, Red Kelly's talking to him. And you have to realize the kind of person Red Kelly was, right? He was like the most gentle, like caring, you know, like like just just a just a solid human being, you know, Christian and you know, great values and and just a just a really, really good person who, you know, would not wish. Anything bad on anyone, right? And so he's talking to Jim McKenney's kid after practice, and he's like, "Oh yeah, what's your name?" And blah blah blah. And he's try- trying to be really nice to the kid and everything, and the kid looks up at him and goes, "My mom thinks you're an effing retard." <laughs> <laughs> And I talked to Jim McKenney afterwards and he goes, ah, well, you know, Red, kids say the darndest things.
0: <laughs> that kid must have been great to Santas at the mall. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that was just a number one of a number of great Jim McKenney yarns. But a great guy, really good player, kid
0: who maybe, you know, should have gotten his mouth washed out yeah, with soap. Yeah, maybe, yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah imagine saying that to an NHL coach and red Kelly, who's like the nicest man you'd ever want to meet. Like the nicest man you'd ever want to meet. My mom thinks you're an effing retard.
0: (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for joining Ken Campbell and myself, Dylan Waugh on the podcast today. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Feel free to check us out on Twitter at HockeyNoFilter, at Ken underscore Campbell27, and at underscore Dylan Wah. Don't forget to check out our Apple Podcasts and kencampbell.substack.com.